instead of having way back farther. Because my voice is welcome to the Colton and Joe Show episode 87. We're going to be going over the AFC West seasons today, the seasons of each of the teams. So, um, of course, the Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers. Got the offensive rookie of the year there. So, lots of lots of fun thing to go over. Pretty good. We're going to be doing the MVP. Offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and rookie of the year for each team. So, so just just the normal stuff. Yes. Same thing we've been doing for um, the AFC North and East. We got it there for you. And this will be interesting. I'm interested. We, we talked about it a little bit beforehand. Next episode of this with the um, with the South, the specifically the Texans rookie of the year is going to be a really strange one. So I literally have no clue I'm going to put for that at this point. Because I don't know. Really many good rookies. <laughs> there really wasn't any good rookie. Let's say that. But um, that, that will come with your time. We'll, we'll find someone. But or we could just put well, like seemingly everyone that's talking about rookies of the year for each team is just like yeah, for sure. There's definitely a rookie of the year for the Texans. <laughs> there has to be one. I just don't know who the heck I want to make it because I, I don't even like know. The only yeah. rookie coming into the year that I knew of was was Ross Blacklock, but he like did not play much, and nobody played much, so I, I had no clue. Yeah, it's weird. It that definitely was a few uh, tough decisions to make for each of these, as as there's one specifically I mentioned to you before, and you already know who who it is, but uh, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get to that when we get to that for sure. But you know, per usual, per usual, we gotta do the normal stuff. How was yes. how was the weekend? The How's everything going? I know that this was the last last game of the basketball season for you today. So yes. kept a, a good season there, I'm sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, basketball season just ended today. Um, we lost our, our playoff game, so we're out of it until next year. Um, so that was – I'll have a lot more free time now. So there's, I guess, a big change. And another big change, we're back to four days a week for school. Um, so, you know, I'm back to, uh, getting to see everybody at school, which is kind of good, but you know, also being at home is, is kind of nice sometimes, but I'll have Wednesdays to do that. And obviously the weekends, but, um, so yeah, four days a week at school is, you know, kind of a, a new thing for me. Um, today was our first day actually of having four days a week school. Um, today was a Monday that I was in school. Usually I'm only there, um, on Thursdays and Fridays. So, um, back to four days a week, pretty cool stuff. And, um, Overall, yeah, I was rocking my Zach Levine fit at school today with the jersey, the all-star fit. Um, you know, you know how we do things around here. But um, yeah, that was that, that. That's about all that my week has consisted of. That watching some basketball and playing some Xbox. So just living the life, living the life. What, what, what have you been up to? Oh, I'm just, I'm so tired. Uh, I was just like. <laughs> The track practice today was not like not bad at all. We had a really really chill workout. It was really nice, but it was like it was like thirty degrees, which is fine. Like I, I was wearing shorts and I wasn't even that cold. Um, but the wind there was like like just the worst gusts of wind, and we're like you know I it's it's not that much fun. It just tires you out. Uh, but you know it is what it is. What it is. We're just grinding out the stuff. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm only at school three or two days a week. So you get to be in there for that's fun. I wish I could be in school more but it's also the worst because i have to stay up like i have to stay up later tonight um or it's just like i'm not gonna get to post the show before i leave so i mean that's fine that's not like a, a big deal but just just for reference sake uh or just for your information i uh i do have like 
a little bit of a my throat has felt better and I have a little bit of stuffy nose. So in case I, I sound a little bit funkier than usual, that's probably why. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess I guess with that we hop into the news and um, I as I talked to Joe about before the episode started, there's not a lot of it. We have four pieces of news. One of which being the one that we'll start with that you've all already heard of, I'm sure. J.J. Watt finally chose a team, and it is a team that none of us expected. Um, he, the Arizona Cardinals he chose. Um, he's signing with the Cardinals two years for $31 million. Um, just interesting stuff there. Nobody really saw that coming, I'm sure. Joe posted it on our, on our Instagram and the Instagram story. And the story was like, did you see this coming? And both answer choices were no, because... Nobody saw it coming. Um, but, yeah, this is actually a pretty good move. Pairing him with Chandler Jones, obviously the staff one likes to talk about. The two players with the most amount of sacks since 2012 or whenever it was are uh, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, and they are both playing on the same team now. So, um, interesting, interesting. And that's one that you're, you're probably now going to see, I would assume, probably Hassan Reddick is going to be moved now. Or not moved, but probably not be re-signed because of J.J. Watt. I mean, there's a potential they try to franchise tag him or something, but um, if, if he's going to command a big contract, you, you might not need him. But it's just a pass rush, an extra pass rusher for a team whose pass rush was severely lacking this season, and that, that you know, could have been something that, you know, potentially could have given them a, a playoff push. So it's just it's just an interesting move there. Obviously, he's a big-name player. We're not sure how he how good he really is at this point in his career, um, just with the injuries or whatever. Like, will he be fully healthy? What does a fully healthy J.J. Watt look like? But apparently, he's taught, he was like seventh in pro football focus rankings this season for um, defensive ends or edge rushers, whichever one he's classified as, which is just really, really interesting to me because um, you don't think of J.J. Watt in the past couple seasons as somebody who's been particularly amazing just because of the injuries. But... um. Pro Football Focus thinks he's good, and I was once again talking to Joe about that. Just asked him, like, interesting, like, what kind of analytics they use to determine that. Because if you don't know, Pro Football Focus is not just, like, your average, like, ESPN or whatever. It's, like, everything they do is, like, computer-generated. Like, it's all objective. Like, their objective best players in the league is how they try to do it based on, like, all these advanced analytics and stuff. So I don't, I don't necessarily know how all it works, but... um. Yeah, pretty good I, according to it. I always say, um, just for fun, that my one of my computer teachers uh, actually works both focus, but like he always just he just like he just gets to go in Heinz Field and he just gets to sit on the like just to get in like a room and watch the game and he just like using Excel like file and just like write down how many yards each like player rush for or, like stuff like that. Like he's they just give him like a specific. Um, Section like position, uh, specific positional group to like keep track of the stats. Um, <laughs> which, so he was like, he's like, it's not that it's not that cool, but I get you know it's money, and then I get to go to Heinz Field, and that's fun. Uh, so I didn't know I, that. That's kind of cool. I think that is cool, but yeah, the, back to the signing. Um, yeah, this was not exactly one like I came, I uh, I saw it coming. I'll admit. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, all the rumors were Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Buffalo, Cleveland. Um, you know. Every team seemed to be mentioned, but uh, the Cardinals were not one that was really mentioned, uh, if <laughs> if at all. But um, yeah, I, I don't think I ever heard them be mentioned. Yeah, um, and and in reality, like I don't know, like how much sense it makes. Like obviously, you're, you're paying him a lot of money, and you're hoping that he uh, pulls out some of that vintage JJ Watt. I'm sure his, you know, he's a very technically sound player, as 
Um, and yeah, he's still strong. You can see pictures of him. He still looks looks uh, very strong. But you know, uh-huh. it's exciting. I'm not like sure like what that really does for their defense. Does they they already had a solid pass rush, but they get that veteran presence and definitely a, a big name like JJ Watt is a uh, you know that's a big name and free agent players like that. And I think. It was always, you know, he would team, team up with his brothers in Pittsburgh and go for a ring and all these different teams and whatnot. Uh, I really think he went back to his old teammate. You know, he went back to his old teammate mm-hmm. there with uh, D-Hop and, you know, young squad there. I like it. It's it's not my first pick, obviously, but hey, J.J. Yeah. Watt obviously got into that. And he got, I think, you know, a lot of jokes because he, he got paid a lot more than them. I think a lot of other teams would have paid him. Definitely the Steelers at the very least. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's the big piece of news that we that we've got there for you for for the day here. And the next piece of news here is um, the Washington football team is expected to be releasing quarterback Alex Smith in the coming days per Ian Rappaport. Um So this comes among like right after a rumor, you know, the other day about how Alex Smith had come out and said like. He really, like, when he came back from his injury, he didn't feel like Washington wanted him there and, like, felt like he was kind of throwing a wrench in their plans by coming back. Um, and he felt like they just he just knew they didn't want him there. He, like, you know, he was just kind of the old guy that, you know, just popped into the scene and, like, they didn't they didn't feel like he fit their plans. And um, he obviously led them to, like, a 5-1 and one record after coming in, so just, you know, performed really well coming in. And that's, that's you know, a full uh, testament to just his winning ability. But, um... Mm-hmm. They're expected to release him. And this is a really interesting scenario because he is a quarterback that's kind of in the, you know, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, right? Fitzpatrick realm of like a player that's like, could be like, are you low end starting quarterback? Or are you a high end backup quarterback? Or like, where do you fit? Um, that's kind of where he's going to be at. Yeah, we, we've seen some real stuff. Like everyone thinks he could go to New England, which is, um, it is a scenario that could happen, but I, I don't really know what I'm thinking for Alex Smith. Um, I don't know where he does. He did say he wants to continue to play. He's not going to retire and somebody will want him. It just comes down to whether that's going to be in as a starting QB or a backup. So I, I'm not sure what necessarily what I think is going to happen with Alex Smith, but it's, it's definitely going to be something to, to look out for. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, he's only get signed. He's a, it's always been one of the smartest players in the NFL. I think he, he was up there in, in like the Wonderlic score or whatever the the combine written test that the the players have to take. I always think that's cool. But you know, he, yeah, he obviously he's a he's a player that's it's so weird. Like I was just thinking about this. So like Jalen Hurts and like all these different guys, I guess like Tua and and different college quarterbacks. They're they're winners in college and they win a lot of games. Um, and maybe their stats aren't great. They win a lot of games and they're they're in a part of a good team. And then it's like whenever they go to college, like Jalen Hurts, it was like the exact opposite because his stats were really good. But they, he he wasn't really winning. Um, and I think you know I just think that's like that's interesting. But it's kind of Hurt, the opposite. Well, Hurts made the the national championship his one year in Bama, and then I think he made the playoffs with Oklahoma, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, um, pre- yeah, definitely. Um, that's like you know, I, like I'm not, I don't know, like the. The college stats there and how he played in college. I'm sure they were more back were good, but you know, first and foremost, he was a winner, and I, I just think it's interesting. Um, but anyway, I'm not, you know, he uh, Alex Smith is definitely a winner in, in the NFL, and he he gets it done. He got it done with the Chiefs. He got 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 it done with Washington there, and you know, obviously, we all know the story. He fought a lot there for his injury. He's not going to give it up like that. I'm excited, kind of excited. I definitely. 
uh, if he's a name that comes up in uh, maybe a free agent prediction part three at some point. Um, we could do that. It would just, I feel like, yeah. I don't know if he's going to last, but honestly, I feel like he could last a long time. Besides <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, that they want him because, yeah, just like you mentioned, he's in that weird spot where he could be your starter, but he wouldn't be a great starter, or he could be a really, really good backup. So, yes, yes. Um, next, we've got Nate Soldier, or Nate Soldier, the um, offensive lineman for the New York Giants. Um, does intend to return to the Giants in the upcoming season. Um, you saw him be their top-paid offensive lineman, and he had um, opted out of the season, one of the first players to, in the league to opt out of the season um, last season because of COVID and just all the restrictions or whatever it is. Um, he was made one of the biggest names to opt out and like one of, if not the first player, to choose to opt out the season. Um, but he does intend to return to the Giants next season. Um, help them out there on their offensive line with um, uh, Kevin Zietler and the uh, the young gun, Andrew Thomas. Hopefully try to develop him because he's going to be a big piece moving forward if this offensive line is going to be anything good. Um, but yeah, just interesting stuff there. One of the higher paid, higher named offensive linemen in the league, former New England Patriot, um, will be returning to his team. So, Yep, yep. that's a good piece of news there. <laughs> Yeah, and we only have one more piece of news, so it's a really short news day. But this is um, a weird piece of news, and it's, I, this is the one I described to Joe before, and it wasn't necessarily a strictly NFL piece of news, but it is. Um, so in the NBA last night, um, the the Minnesota Timberwolves lost to the Phoenix Suns, and with that loss to the Suns, the Minnesota Timberwolves have surpassed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the worst win percentage in the history of American professional sports. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers no longer hold it. You know, they're winless seasons or whatever. They're like crazy, like however long uh, losing drought, losing streak, whatever, however long that was. Um, it just tanked, tanked their win percentage because that was like right when they came into the league, like right when they were created. Um just you know, yeah, yeah, you know. So it's just 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 an interesting piece of news there. Is the Timberwolves, another organization that's largely been very bad, but um, I'm sure Tampa um after Brady's done with him won't really be in that conversation because you know they they haven't been in existence for that long. So you know, a couple of winning seasons boosts their win percentage by a decent amount. You know what I mean? So by the time Brady's out of there, they They'll still be like towards the bottom, but they won't be like I don't think they'll be in like last place or like close to last place. So we'll, 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 I don't actually know the numbers on that. That's just a bit of an estimation, but that's just an interesting and an interesting little piece of news there. I really so. thought it would be the Seattle Mariners, the the baseball team. They're really bad. Hey, I I'm not keeping track of of that, but that, that's interesting to know. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So. With that, now we get into our AFC West season analysis um, for the, the different teams here. So we can start off here with, obviously, the, the leader of the division, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they're 14-2 and two this season, um, won the division. And as you know, they made it to the playoffs as the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, got the bye in the first round. They beat Cleveland Browns in the second round. Beat the Buffalo Bills. And then lost in the Super Bowl to Tom Brady and the Tampa Buccaneers. Um, 
So just a little bit of statistics here. They were um, ranked as the number one offense in football. They were ranked as the number one passing offense and um, the number 16 rushing offense. Um, defensively, they were ranked as the number 16 total defense, number 14th versus the pass, and 21st versus the rush. Obviously, crazy offensive production from this team. Um, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pro bowlers. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Eric Fisher, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, and Tyron Matthew. Three all-pro first-teamers, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Tyron Matthew. Two all-pro second-teamers, Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones. And, uh, yeah, overall, this team, um, when it really got down to the nitty-gritty in the Super Bowl, the, you know, the biggest game of the season, we saw that without Mitchell Schwartz and without Eric Fisher, um, the offensive line really struggled in that game. And Patrick Mahomes was getting pressure and getting hit every single play. And it was ridiculous. It just... You just want to highlight the importance to that offense, you know, despite all the playmakers they had, all the receivers and tight end, running backs, everything they had um, without the offensive line, it means nothing. It means nothing. It means nothing. And um, they were, um, you know, they have that great offense, but to keep with that, you also have to have a middle of the pack defense, which is at least obviously they had uh, dead middle uh, defense with, with 16th in the league which was interesting there. And we're going to see the, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do with their, with their passing defense, because obviously um, Sean Breeland is a free agent um, and they have another corner. That's a free agent. Um, and then just the, the, the secondary there, which already wasn't amazing is going to be, you know, kind of put to the test and with, with free agency. Um, and they're definitely going to have to depend on um, Legereus need and his production increasing and him, you know, being able to, develop properly as a second year player moving moving forward because they're gonna have to you know maybe lean a little bit more on um the tight or the safeties and Tyron Matthew and Daniel Sorensen. Um the linebacking group isn't amazing. But overall this was just a great season from the Chiefs. Obviously 14 and two. They probably would have been 15 and one if Mahomes didn't sit for a game um in the you know week 17 game and Chad Henney got the start and they lost. Um Probably would have went fifteen and one. In all honesty, um, their one loss, real loss, coming to the Las Vegas Raiders early season. Um, but yeah, just just a just a really crazy season there for the Chiefs. Um, and then my MVP is uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, he had four thousand seven hundred and forty yards, good for number two in the league. Um, Thirty eight touchdowns, which was fourth in the league and six interceptions for him. Just a crazy season, doing it from everywhere on the field. In my opinion, the most talented quarterback in the NFL. I believe he has the chance to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time if he continues his career um, on this trajectory. And he's my Chiefs MVP. So, Yeah, yeah, I also agree. For very similar reasons, uh, obviously that that touchdown-to-interception ratio is, is top tier there. It was like... It was like 48 to 6 or something. 38 I, to 6. Nice, nice. So, you know, I'm a big guy. I'm like, I'm going to make any crazy bull take here. That's a, that's an easy one. Yeah, yeah. So my offensive play of the year might actually surprise you a little bit. It's not Mahomes. Um, my offensive play of the year is Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, 105 receptions for 1,416 yards, which is good for number two in the league. Also good for number one all-time in receiving yards in a season by a tight end. 
surpassing Tony Gonzalez, you know, over Bob Gronkowski, over Antonio Gates, all those guys. Travis Kelsey takes it over 1,400 yards, absolutely unthinkable for a tight end, and 11 touchdowns to supplement that. Um, he was just virtually unguardable all year. Just, you know, nobody was putting a stop to what Travis Kelsey was doing on the field, and I don't see how you could, right? It's seemingly every single year in the in the Super Bowl, we just see how important tight ends are because you get to the Super Bowl and you see almost every year they've got a very good tight end. Right, because you know, obviously this year we had Gronk, and I'm not going to say Gronk was amazing, but the duo of Gronk and Cameron Bray was a good duo. Um, and obviously Travis Kelsey, um, last season, Kelsey versus Kittle. Season before that, Gronk versus Zach Ertz. You know, we had Gronk versus, I don't know, like Austin Hooper at the time was their tight end, who, you know, was pretty pretty solid. Um, but overall, we just tend to see tight ends be very important when you get down to playoff time. They create mismatches on the field, and it just it really opens things up for an offense. That's exactly what Travis Kelsey did this season, was just completely open up that Chiefs offense. So he is my Offensive Player of the Year for Kansas City. I do like it, but I had to go with uh, the MVP candidate, Patrick Mahomes, here yeah. for, for the same exact reasons, but yeah, that I could say for being the MVP. Yeah, I mean, you, you could definitely go either. Um, I, I respect the Mahomes pick. Um Defensive player of the year, I had a I had a kind of tough time choosing between my Tyron Matthew and my man Chris Jones. I did give it to uh, Tyron Matthew. Um, I think he had a better season this year. 62 tackles, six interceptions on the season, nine passes defended, and a touchdown on the season. So um, just a very crazy season for, for any defensive back with six interceptions and a touchdown. You know, couple that with the nine interceptions and a, and a decent amount of tackles, especially for a safety that's not necessarily a block safety, a safety that roams a little bit more. Um, and yeah, he's definitely a safety that they let roam a lot. Um, as I just just said, they kind of have a defense that's used to mask him, that he could be anywhere on the field and try to, you know, mask what coverage he's in. Is he playing zone? Is he playing man? You know, is he up top? Whatever it is, just um, they, they definitely disguise him very well. And he definitely he definitely benefits from that. So I, I, he's my Chiefs Defensive Player of the Year. You could say a few other guys, but uh, I'm going Tyron Matthew. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. You, you, someone I was looking at was Dirty Dan. Someone you really like. Dirty Dan. I, I was this close to give it to giving it to him, but I didn't give it to him. I also I uh, I went with the the pick there that you also made, Tyron Matthew. He led the team in interceptions, passed and was third in tackles. So a humongous defensive impact. Yeah. To make a, I mean, it's not hard, but it is not as yeah. easy to make an argument against uh, those other guys. Yeah. yeah. Rookie of the year was another really tough one for me between Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and a guy that I mentioned a little bit earlier, Legere Sneed. Um, I, you know, in the mock draft, I had Sneed going top 10 overall, and I did not have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going on the first round, just, you know, primarily because he's a running back. But, um, this was tough for me because I do feel that Snead is like a better football player, and I feel like Snead has more upside. But I gave Rookie of the Year to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, um, just because I feel like Rookie of the Year, what it is, is you know who has the best rookie season. And while I feel like Snead, you know, was better, you know, given his position, and I feel like Snead is a better player and showed better flashes of, you know, being a real star someday. Um, I think Edward Solaire had the better season um, with 800 yards rushing and four touchdowns. Um, you know, off himself, you know, he was injured for a large portion of the season, 4.4 yards per carry. And, you know, his, his beginning of the season was absolutely absurd. Um, 
but I think they're both great players, definitely. And but I, and I do think Snead has a better chance to be a star one day and to be a true like lockdown corner. But I, th- I think Snead was the best corner so far in this draft class for this season. Um, but I think Clyde Urbanzillo just had a, a bit better of a season. So yeah, I I have to agree with you on this one. I gave it to Lajerry Snead. Yeah, once again, someone yeah in the redraft. You did agree with me. I said Edward Zelaire. I I said disagree. I, I think you said I have to agree with you. Okay. I was I was hoping you'd pick Snead actually. Yeah, I picked Snead. It's, it's another scenario like with the Ravens where I felt two guys deserved it, so I picked one, and I was really hoping you picked the other one. Yeah, three interceptions, two sacks, uh, and you know he was he was all over the field kind of. Um, he was also he was like fifth in in tackles for the team. He was up there, you know. He was making plays. I feel like he had more of a sustained impact. You mentioned Clyde uh, Bertillier really cooled off. Of the year, and then he had several injuries and stuff, which isn't his fault. But you know, I gave it to the to the young, uh, less less well known prospect, I guess. And it's- true, true. I, I I can definitely respect that one. So we do the grading now, and my grade for the Chiefs, despite losing in the Super Bowl, such a good season for Kansas City. I have to give them an A plus. I I don't know if I can give them anything else. Yeah, um, I I give them an A. I expect them to win the Super Bowl, and they just barely missed it. But fourteen and two is really good, so I cannot, I cannot hate the the they have plus rating whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it seems like from there on, it makes kind of a big drop in terms of team quality and in this division. As from fourteen and two Kansas City, the next best team in the division record wise is Las Vegas Raiders at eight and eight. Um, so they did miss the playoffs. They were in the playoffs for a long time. Like they were leading the playoff race wild card wise for basically the whole season. And then it just, you know, they, they just started losing and losing and losing towards the end of the season. Um, and it, it was really rough there. Um, they were eighth in total offense, seventh in passing and 14th in rushing. Um, but their defense was, was very rough. 25th in total D, uh, yards allowed 26th versus the pass and 24th versus the rush. Um, they had no all-pro first-teamers, no all-pro second-teamers. They had two pro bowlers, however, Josh Jenkins and Darren Waller. And Darren Waller is basically an unofficial all-pro second-team player because I think we can all agree he was the second-best tight end this season. But um, the way that pro bowl voting, or that all-pro voting works, um, you only get, like, one vote. You only you don't vote for the first team, the second team. You just vote. And tra- every single right writer voted Travis Kelsey, um, which is, you know, good. I mean, he deserved it, but since not a single writer voted for Darren Waller, then the the tight end spot was vacant on on the Pro Bowl ballot or the All Pro Second Team ballot. I'm sorry, so um, he did not end up making it. But overall, for me, I, I think their offensive line they they have an offensive line that I've been very high on, um, even through like throughout last off season. I, even on this show, I I talked about how much I like the the, the Vegas offensive line and. I stick with that. I think they're a very good offensive line when healthy with Rodney Hudson and Colton Miller, Trent Brown, Richie Incognito. Um, very, very good offensive line, I would say. Um, one of the better ones in the league. Um, I'm a big Josh Jacobs guy. Um, I, I, I think he's pretty good. Personally, I think this season, the, the number one receiver, in my opinion, was not Henry Ruggs, the guy that we kind of expected it to be. I think he, Henry Ruggs had a pretty underwhelming season, if we're being honest. Um but I think the number one receiver coming in this season, apart from Darren Waller, the tight end, um, we had a crazy season from, from Nelson Aguilar, a guy that I think we both expressed early early in the offseason that we didn't necessarily, at least I know I did, 
I, I, I think you agreed with me that we, I didn't necessarily think he was that bad of a player. Like, obviously, he has drop issues and, you know, stone hands at glorious, you know, the thing everybody likes to say. But, and there was that classic interview with like dropping babies and we were catching them on like Aguilar or whatever that guy said. Um, uh, but I, I always thought he was a pretty, a pretty relatively solid wide receiver. And he came uh, in and he proved that to me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. A lot of upside there. And he proved it. Um, tight end was great. Darren Waller was absolutely stellar, phenomenal. Um, the running back room behind Josh Jacobs had to come in a few times and they performed really well with Jalen Rashard, Devontae Booker. But the defense was just really bad um, overall in all aspects. They weren't rushing the edge particularly well. You know, their pass defense was not good at all. Their tackling, Corey Littleton made a not. I thought Corey Littleton, I had Corey Littleton ranked as a top 10 inside linebacker. Um, and I thought he was going to come in and make a huge impact on that defense. He came in and virtually it did like nothing, right? He, he had like 100, 100 tackles in every season, like was not missing any tackles ever. Like he had like the least amount of missed tackles in the past couple of years. Um, and he came into the season, only put up like 62 tackles and like was missing tackles and just kind of was not performing very well in, in this new Las Vegas system that they had here on, on defense. And their defense really was just holding them down, I would say. Um, yeah. But but my MVP is the guy that I had mentioned before. You saw it coming. Darren Waller, the tight end. Had an amazing season, 107 receptions for 1,196 yards and nine touchdowns there for the tight end. Um, just, a, just a really crazy season for him. Um, like you, like I said, we all kind of can unanimously agree that he should be the all-pro second team tight end, but we can't, you know, we can't say it just because that's not how the voting works. But yeah, just a crazy phenomenal season this year showed to be, you know, one of those tight ends that's really just a big wide receiver. And those guys are such mismatches for any team um he definitely is gonna help, help put the put the raiders in a position to win so yeah yeah obviously i picked i oh my goodness am i saying i obviously i obviously picked <laughs> darren muller as well as a team MVP. yeah offense the offense that was like impressed me i didn't think the offense was gonna be that good but the offense was pretty was good and had some like where they just really went off, and Derek Carr tested the the ball down the field more, and I think Waller has a lot to do with that. You have a lot of big tight end like that. Uh, you got open well, and yeah, great, great player. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, my offensive player of the year is also Darren Waller. Uh, that doesn't need much explaining. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Joe's because he ate earlier, at least on, he, he wanted to not give two awards to the same player. As I said, I don't care. I'll give two awards to the same player all day, every day. And that player for me um, is once again Darren Waller, offensive player of the year. Crazy season for him. Um, that's uh, you know just take what I said last time, copy paste it. So yeah, uh, you know I don't really like to give two players like an award back to back like that. But it's really like unless you want to give it to like Jake, Josh Jacobs, or whatever. But Josh Jacobs really wasn't crazy efficient. It just makes it hard for me to give him uh, an award there as a yeah. to Waller. But you know. I'm kind of over that because it's like so often the MVP is just the the player of the year for the side that they played for, and you just kind of it's just yeah. comical not to not give it to both of them if they really deserve it. But there's a difference. Like I always feel like MVP is the player with the most impact, and then you can use like the player of the years as a player with yeah. like stat lines. But you know, a lot of times they line up. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, rookie of the year or not rookie of the year? I'm sorry, defensive player of the year. Another interesting one here is they didn't have a very good defense, but for me, it was kind of clear-cut. A guy that was a rookie last season that I was pretty, you know, that a lot of us were pretty high on. 
that being Max Crosby, um, got my defensive player of the year, 39 tackles, seven sacks and 14 tackles for loss for the second year player there. Um, you know, it's so weird that you draft a guy like Cleveland Farrell in a top five pick one season. And then, you know, you fast forward like one more season and all of a sudden, you know, like the fourth round guy or wherever they drafted Max Crosby is now, you know, the edge rusher putting up seven sacks while Farrell's putting up like one in this season. But mm-hmm. Crosby overall, he's young. Uh, I think he, I really like what, what Max Crosby is doing down there in Las Vegas. He's a very underrated player. And as far as edge rushers go and, um, uh, yeah, I like where he is. So I, he is my defensive player of the year for the Vegas Raiders. I, I was really hoping you wouldn't give it to him because I'm like a clown on you because I feel like it's also like very clear cut here. Um, he was <laughs> the only real pressure creator like on the whole team. Like, look at that. I think I'm pretty sure the only person that was closer closest to him had like two and a half sacks. So he yeah. was far and away the best pressure creator. And there really wasn't any big takeaway guy or or pass defender guy. Like there wasn't. Yeah. Anyone a crazy amount of sacks that was enough that would say you're better than the player putting up seven and a half sacks. So, so yeah, that's a, a good year for Max Crosby, definitely. And yeah, as you said, it's really uh, it's almost comical because um, yeah, they drafted Cleveland Farrell and it was a big it was a big surprise at the time. Because, um, Cleveland Farrell wasn't a he was a mid to late round first mid to late first round pick, uh, and they you know they pulled the trigger trigger early there and it has not panned out just yet, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true, true that. Um, so, and now we get to our rookie of the year, and this is another like kind of interesting scenario because um, I I didn't feel like any of their rookies performed particularly well this season, um, but I had to give it to Henry Ruggs, who went twenty six receptions for four hundred fifty two yards and two touchdowns. Um, he was injured a decent bit and just just it's just. He just didn't have that good of a season straight up. And I, I thought he was going to be a bust. Um, I thought he had the highest potential to be a bust. And I'm not ready to say he's a bust yet because I did see some some flashes of, of potential from him. But thus far, it's not looking you know, like he's going to have some crazy Pro Bowl caliber type of career. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not high on Henry Ruggs really, but he was their best rookie, so in my opinion. Yeah, I said uh, exactly um... – I said Henry Ruggs, I guess, because there really wasn't anyone else that really had any impact at all. And he had like a small impact, but it was it was more than anyone else really. So yeah, yeah, as a, yeah, we both expressed our our dislike in them picking him so high because I you know there's better wide receivers on the board and better better players overall that could have fit their needs more. But you know, I as you mentioned, he, he should flashes, but like as long as you have speed like that, you're gonna get. You're going to get open at some point. They're just going to not give you the attention you deserve, and at some point, you're just going to get get past. It doesn't mean you're like any crazy, you know, talent just because you're really fast. So you know, obviously, yeah, it kills. You know, you know, that's what I'm trying to. But what I'm trying to say is that it's not a sustainable like wide receiver career path. The only thing that you are is really fast, and you catch a few long passes, but like you just don't have much of a developed route tree, and. Yeah. You're already with a quarterback that has some arm limitations, like Derek Carr isn't exactly the biggest arm in the NFL. Although he did open it up more, as I mentioned, and, and I, you know, but that that's that's where I, like, I don't know who else you're gonna give it to. Like I, <laughs> they really didn't yeah. anyone else that I really did anything at all. So, so that's yeah, true, of, true. Um, so my grade for for the Vegas Raiders, is, I gave them a C uh, because they went eight and eight, and I gave them a C because their season wasn't entire was not an entire flop as they developed Max Crosby. They developed Darren Waller. Their offensive line was pretty good. They were in the playoff race for a decent bet. 
And that's like a B to a B plus season thinking right there. But then, you know, they just start losing game after game after game, fall out of the playoffs and, you know, are eliminated by the time week 17 even rolls around or at least effectively eliminated. Um, but yeah, the, the Raiders, I gave them a C. It's just kind of a mess season. There were, you know, a couple of ups and a couple of downs, but it wasn't necessarily good or necessarily awful. Uh, so I have them a little bit higher. I'm gonna have them on a B minus. They beat the Chiefs, which is a humongous achievement. They were the only team to like, as you like, quote, really beat the Chiefs. Um, they did a lot of talent, and the whole thing there is they they proved their offense can be really potent. And if their offense can keep up the same level of production next year, all they need to do is make their defense a little better. Um, with a you know, give some some draft capital and some free agent attention there, and they could be some serious a serious playoff contender next year. Yeah, true, true. Um. So now to the Chargers, who went seven and nine and missed the playoffs. Um, there, they were ninth in total offense, sixth in passing yards, eighteenth in rushing yards, and then defensively they were tenth in yards allowed, ninth in passing yards allowed, and eighteenth in rushing yards allowed. So the season recap is two words: uh, Justin Herbert. Um, you know, Tyler Taylor goes down early season with a you know with some sort of rib injury. Ends up the the team trainer ends up puncturing his lung. Justin Herbert is thrusted into the starting lineup where he performs really well for a couple of weeks. They end up leaving him there and he performs extremely well and uh, wins the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year award for the entire league. Um, crazy season from him. Um, Keenan Allen had a pretty good season, but you know the, 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 the takeaways for the season, they definitely need a better offensive line. They need to bolster that and keep it. You know, keep it there, keep it together, and the good pieces, and bring in some new pieces, whether that be draft, free agency, whatever it is. They need to do everything they can to protect Justin Herbert, as we see a lot of quarterbacks, you know, recently coming out and not being happy with the protection that they are receiving. Um, defensively, there were some really interesting people there that I'll, I'll get to later. Casey Hayward had a pretty underwhelming season, definitely, um, and th- there are a couple guys that just didn't perform necessarily the way I wanted them to. They struggled in the, in the rushing defense, uh, especially. Um, and that's something that I would love to see Derwin James get back. Um, you know, he's seen, like, since he's come in the league, he's had a crazy rookie season and then kind of been injured the past two years. Um, and Derwin James is a guy that, you know, is a, is a good run stopper. He can be good in pass coverage. There's kind of a do-it-all safety, one of the best safeties in the league. And it's just so tough to you know, have to rank him places or just talk about him without seeing him play in like two years. But when he's able to come back, he's definitely a big piece. They traded Desmond King midseason. They had their edge rusher, Joey Bosa. Um, that's not a bad team. And if, you know, obviously a new head coach coming in, um, they, 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 it's going to be interesting to see how the offense is conducted. But um, just, I, I, you know, an okay season for them. They had two pro bowlers, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen. No all pro first team or second teamers. And I'm going to get three out of the way here because I don't know. You can say the three as well if you have them all three of them the same as like I do. Um, my MVP and my offensive player of the year and my rookie of the year is all three Justin Herbert um, for me. Um, he went 4,336 yards, which is good for sixth in the NFL, 31 touchdowns and 10 interceptions with five rushing touchdowns to go with that. So just a crazy season from the rookie there. Obviously why he went in one offensive rookie of the year for the entire NFL. Just a crazy thing there. He was, you know, the main component getting that offense moving with a lot of injuries throughout the entire, um, you know, the entire season on that team. Um, and just a, a really good season as a rookie coming in from Justin Herbert. And and in a division with Patrick Mahomes, you definitely want to make sure you have a great quarterback lockdown. So. 
Um, yeah, I had him as MVP and Rookie of the Year. I give Offensive Player of the Year to someone else. Um, but yeah, as a rookie, he came in and really played well. We were both excited to see like Tyrod Taylor before the season. Obviously, our hype was a little bit out of out of uh, out of uh, I don't know. I'm, you know, it didn't pan out too well as as uh, he got outplayed by the rookie and he got outplayed by the the rookie that we're all that we were all calling calling way too raw and not good enough and could be a bust. We we don't know just yet, but. Yeah, that um, he is not that. Yeah, he had a great year. Um, I gave awesome offense player of the year to Keenan Allen. Just I think Keenan Allen is like a much bigger eye test guy than a than a stat guy. He caught, he received nine hundred and ninety two yards as well as eight touchdowns. Um, but he was like he's, he's a great all around. He's he's a very underrated blocker in my opinion. I just for some reason I've been like I watched a few extra Chargers games here. They just ended up just being what was on when I was watching. And I really like Keenan Allen. I think if we're going to rank top 10 wide receivers, I think I'd have him top five. I think I'd have him as, as, like, as a easily top five. Um, but maybe at some point we'll do that this year. I would not have him that high, but... I know you wouldn't. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm very high in Keenan Allen, so I have yeah. him player of the year. But obviously, it makes tons of sense to have Justin Herbert as offensive player of the year, too. So I won't yeah. argue that point. Um, defensive player of the year for me is a really interesting one as I picked kind of an underrated guy by the name of Michael Davis, um, a corner that had 63 tackles, three interceptions, 14 passes defended and a touchdown on the season. So came in as, you know, in a cornerback slot performed better than the corner one being, um, um, you know, uh, Casey Hayward, who had a really under, performing season um to say the least uh, underwhelming whatever you want to say there for casey hayward and you know they, as they trade desmond kingman season and you know are hoping to be able to rely on casey hayward and he struggles michael davis comes in and performs really well um i really love what they gave what he gave the Chargers this season with 14 passes defended crazy for a guy of michael davis's caliber coming in as well as three interceptions and a touchdown for him a, a really good season for michael davis who's going to win my defensive player of the year um, I like it. That's a really underrated pick there. Um, I want the more conventional pick in Joey Bosa, seven and a half sacks. It's another Crosby situation, as I mentioned before, where really no one else is really putting up any production uh, as far as pass rush. Um, yeah. Far and away the, the pass rush leader. So I gave it to him. Although I don't, I don't know what happened to Melvin Ingram. Like I feel like he. He's still there. He just, you know, it's kind of not as good. Yeah, his, his production obviously fell off, but yeah, uh, Joey Bosa has not fallen off, and I'm. No, he hasn't. Yeah, so I, I gave it to him. I I saw Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray had um, a very good year. Obviously, the one pick I had, the, I'm pretty was the only pick in the 2020 redraft that I had the exact same as what actually happened. You had a few more, yeah. um, but I didn't True. because he, you know, he saw like, he had a good rookie year, but he didn't exactly uh, produce to the same extent that I thought Joey Bosa did. So. Yeah, true, true. Um, so my grade for the Chargers is a B minus. Um, you know, it wasn't a great season. They went seven and nine. They they blew a lot of leads. They they were choking to some teams that they shouldn't be choking to. But they found their franchise quarterback, and that is worth more than gold in terms of NFL. Um, and yeah, more so than anything, finding a QB is the most important thing in football. They found a good one. They went seven and nine, and were able to develop him throughout the year, throughout the season. So I'm giving them a B minus, a pretty good year. I I had I went a, a little bit of a different route here, I and mean, it was kind of weird because they didn't exactly have a good record. I gave him an A minus. Um, I I really liked the way their offense performed for obvious reasons, and 
you know, they didn't exactly win games. Their defense wasn't great. But it's, it's like the same Raiders situation. Their offense really produced, and their defense wasn't great. But, like, there's there's a lot of good personnel still on the – you know, a lot of talent still on the Chargers' defense. So all they need to put it together, and I think they can be really good next year. Um, that's, like, the whole thing. I think the Chargers have a lot of talent on their team. They just need to put it together with their coach, I think, Anthony Lynn. The more I think about it, at the time, I was we were very critical of Anthony Lynn, and I wasn't that, as much so. But the more I think about it, he definitely, like – We'll start that team back <laughs> to a large extent. I'm excited to see what they can do next year with, with the new yeah. and, and quote regime, as as it's called. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now we go to the Denver Broncos, who went 5-11 and 11 and missed the playoffs. Severely underwhelming season for them behind, you know, an injury to Drew Locke and a bunch of bad quarterback play. Injuries to Melvin Gordon. Yay, the Gordon Sun's out for the year. A lot of injuries and stuff there. So, you know, that led to them not being that great of a team. They were 26th total offensively or 23rd total offensively, I'm sorry, 26th versus the pass, 13th versus the rush. Um, and But there were some redeeming people with two pro bowlers, Justin Simmons and Bradley Chubb. Now all pro first teamers, but one all pro second teamer, Garrett Bowles. And I just wanted to announce here to all of you guys, if you didn't know, Garrett Bowles is, um, you know, as I, I said in a previous episode, and definitely I know I said on the Instagram post, what I said was if the NFL had a most improved player award, Josh Allen would be the winner. Um, I think the runner-up might be Garrett Bowles. Um, if you don't know who he is, he was you know, a rookie. He was a first-round draft pick a couple seasons ago by the Denver Broncos, if you don't remember him. He's the guy that went up on stage with Roger Goodell, who had his daughter with him. Um, and, you know, it, was a, it was a heartwarming moment there for him. But he came into the league, and his first few seasons in the league, he was atrocious. He was awful, one of the worst O-linemen in the league. But then whatever it was this season, you know, presumably – some work in with the former Steelers offensive line coach Mike Munchak, who was such a great, such a great offensive lineman in his career and a great offensive line coach in Pittsburgh. Um, he went in there, got with Garrett Bowles, and Garrett Bowles has quickly become one of the best offensive tackles in football. He made the jump from being one of the worst to being one of the best in this past season. So something that you don't see very often. And I just want to give my my shout out there to to Garrett Bowles for a crazy season. Um, but yeah, defensively is where the Broncos made their money. Um, they had a great offensive line, but defensively is where they made their money this season, whether that be pressure by by Shelby Harris and pressure by Bradley Chubb or you know some just good pass deflections by Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons, the crazy safety duo there. Saw some a breakout season from corner Bryce Callahan. Um, and yeah, it was a great season, but they were definitely missing Cortland Sutton, that, you know, their true number one wide receiver. I think Tim Patrick filled in very well and was one of their better offensive players this season. Uh, but overall, you know, just a very underwhelming season. I'm a guy that personally does not believe that Drew Locke is the is the guy moving forward. Do you, are you still in the Drew Locke camp? Do you still believe in Drew Locke or no? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm undecided. At the moment. I <laughs> I'm leaning towards not, though. Just to mm-hmm. Sadly enough, I had a lot of ex- high expectations for Drew Locke yeah. at the beginning of the season. Between injuries and just poor play, they obviously didn't pan out so much. But... Yeah. I never had high expectations for Locke. I didn't have much of a reason why I didn't. I just you know, didn't feel like he was all that great ever at any point. Uh-huh. But my MVP is um, the obvious pick, I guess, Justin Simmons, the safety, um, the all-pro. Never mind, he did not make an all-pro team, but he was a pro bowler. Um he went 96 tackles, five interceptions on the year, and nine passes defended there for the safety, one of the better safeties in the league over the past couple seasons. Um, and, yeah, he was my MVP, bolstered that defense, especially in the, in the passing defense standpoint. And 
he's been a really good safety for the past couple years, just kind of doing everything you can ask of him on the field, whether that be dropping back into coverage, whether that be going down, playing a little bit more of a traditional box safety type of look. Um, he's been really good this season. So Justin Simmons wins my Denver Broncos MVP. Uh, yeah, as, as does he win mine. Um, it's just you look at the stat lines and you look at the like even the on field impact. Like it, you can't get you definitely cannot give it to an offensive player. And on defense, there's just so many limited options. And you look at the stats, it really just doesn't make any sense to give to anyone except him. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can agree with you on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> offensive player of the year is one that you said you really struggled with. I kind of had you know I, I was always kind of knew who I was going to pick, and it's a guy that you're not very high on, or at least historically you've not been very high on, Melvin Gordon. Um, the running back for me, um, he went 215 attempts for 986 yards and nine touchdowns, good for 4.6 yards per carry. Um, we came into the season really, um, and they had Philip Lindsay there who, you know, is coming off of a pro bowl rookie season and then, you know, just looked really good. And then they bring in Melvin Gordon and you kind of think like, are they going to have to split the backfield? But really Melvin Gordon got like all the run. Like Philip Lindsay became kind of the backup running back when Melvin Gordon got there. Interestingly enough, um, and yeah, Melvin Gordon, I, th- I believe he missed a game. If he didn't miss, well, you know, however many games he missed, he definitely would have been a thousand yard rusher this season. He had a very good, good year. There were a lot of games where he look and he had quietly had like a hundred yards on a touchdown or something. And just it was just a good year from from Melvin Gordon. I know you're not very high on him, whether that be from efficiency or whatever it is, but. He, he definitely is going to win my Offensive Player of the Year and uh, pretty handily. I could have given it to Garrett Bowles, honestly, but I, I chose to go Melvin Gordon. Yeah, yeah. I, I begrudgingly give it to Melvin Gordon. As I made a prediction, he's not going to have a good year. He's going to be free agency bust. Uh, and he, he, he had a pretty good year, but he got so much touches. And that's, like, that's the whole thing. Like, I, he, but he was, he was relatively efficient. He had like a 4.4 yards per carry average. I can't hate on him too much. He had, he had a decent year this year, and then... That's all I'm gonna say. I don't know. There's just something about Melvin Gordon that I just don't like that much, and it's not like it's, the, it's the, like not him off the field. Obviously, I, I like I'm not and know it's up. Just like when I watch him on the field, just just my eye test for him is just not there. Like yeah. I don't know what it is, but maybe it's just something weird, some weird preference. But hey, maybe maybe I go with the, I didn't say something stupid. I went with the the stat leader of the team essentially. So yes, yes. Um. Defensive player of the year is another obvious one because he was my MVP, Justin Simmons. Justin, you know, don't want to beat a dead horse here or not to repeat anything I already said. But, yeah, crazy safety, one of the best safeties in the league, able to do kind of everything on the court or on the field, I'm sorry. And they ask him to do pretty much everything on the field. So it works out pretty well. Um, But, yeah, just a great safety overall. I believe he's the best player on their team at this point in time. So he wins my defensive player of the year. Yeah, probably. Um. Yeah, I also go with with Justin Simmons as my DPOI. He's a very versatile player. Something I'm I learn a little bit more and more about him every time I see him. He definitely has a lot more roles on that team, and I I hope I hope I kind of hope that he like leaves in free agency because I think he could be used to like better ways on different teams with better defense coordinators and coaches. But hey, hey. if he resigns, then he'll be you know don't hey. break, don't break what's not fixing. Though what am I saying? I, it's not even that late. I just like keep messing up everything. Do not broke. Do not fix what's not broken. So yes. Maybe that's what he'll do. Yes. Um, do not break what's not fixing. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Um, so now we got rookie of the year for Denver. I'm giving it to Judy, Jerry Judy, the 15th overall pick. Um, well, he had a lot of issues with drops and this and that, whatever else. Um, he still had 52 receptions for 856 yards and three touchdowns. I personally, um, believed that he was going to be the best wide receiver in the draft class. That belief was in vain as Justin Jefferson is far and away the best wide receiver in this draft class. And it's not really close. Um, but Judy, you know, still showed flashes, definitely. And, you know, while I don't think he's the best in the class thus far, and I think he has some drop issues and some other issues that uh, I ne- wasn't necessarily aware of, um, I still think he's, he's a good receiver, and he still has a decent bit of potential there operating as their number one receiver throughout most of the season after the Cortland Sutton injury. Uh, I still like what I saw from Jerry Judy for the most part over the course of the year, and I think he is their rookie of the year. Uh, yeah, I like your reasoning, but I actually gave it to someone else. I gave it to the other rookie wide receiver, KJ Hamlin out of Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah, because of the kind of the reasons that you said, he he had some drop issues, and his efficiency rating was not was not great as a, a wide receiver. It, that's not all his fault, because he had to get some crazy passes. And he I mean, he tried hard. And, like, he heated up towards the end of the season, but his beginning of the season was, was really cold. Um, and KJ Hamler also had, had a... A little bit of a rushing game. He rushed a few times, as well as some return game impact. So, so I give it to him, just edging him out. I definitely think Jerry Judy is better going forward, and I love Jerry Judy. I think he's going to be a great wide receiver. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just this just this year, he had a little bit of issues making the transition into the NFL, and and uh, just for that, I'm giving it to KJ Hamler just by the skin fair of his enough. teeth. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, what's your what's your grade there for them? My grade for them is is uh, D, but I really want to give them an F because if it's based on expectations, I have very, very high expectations for the team, and they let me down a lot. <laughs> but I gave them a D well, to not be too. Yeah. I gave them a C-, and while for me it, it's like it's based on expectations, um, it's not like solely based on ex- – it's based on expectations, but largely it's like the public expectations and not just like my expectations. Because like, yeah, I also – like. As you said, like I predicted them to go ten and six. I thought they were going to be really good this season, but like it wasn't like everyone was like, "Yeah, the Broncos are super good, and the Broncos should make the playoffs." Like they're a fair share, but like the Broncos, you know, weren't that good of a football team beforehand, and that's why I didn't give the Ravens necessarily like a, a B plus or an A. Like you know, they may have deserved solely on performance, just because the season before, you know, they were like fourteen and two and won the AFC and. You know, they were or not AFC, AFC North, and were the one seed in the AFC. And a lot of people were thinking, that, including myself, thinking that they would be the Super Bowl team. Um, and that was kind of a consensus that they would be one of the two AFC teams fighting for the Super Bowl um, when it got down to the nitty-gritty. And they were not. Um, but with the Broncos, you know, is the, the thing where they had a really bad last season. We didn't know much about this roster. It was really young. We didn't know if they found their quarterback or whatever. We both thought that they were still going to have a good season. But... um. You know, it didn't work out, but that's what we got there for you in terms of our uh, AFC West season analysis there um, for the the Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders there. Should be a really interesting division moving forward into the future between, you know, the Mahomes and, and versus Justin Herbert rivalry should be pretty good and pretty strong yes, uh, sir. throughout the history of their careers, and it's definitely going to be Definitely going to be a very, a very fun and very well documented rivalry, quote unquote, if you can call it that. So I'll, I'll be very interested to see that pan out throughout their careers. Yeah, yeah. I, I must apologize. 
my uh, my perf- quote performance on today's episode has not been top tier. I just do not feel very good, so I, I do apologize for that. But hopefully, I got my points across for the most part. Um, and next thing you said, yes, we're doing the AFC South next, where we're gonna have a little bit less uh less high quality less one less high quality team, I guess. But we yeah. have the Titans, which are gonna be fun. Um, the Texans, I'll have to do a little bit of research into because I really did not pay any attention to them as they they did not do great. Uh, you know, yeah. the Colts too. That'll be cool. So, yeah, it should be it should be definitely interesting. Um, just randomly, like one of my favorite divisions is the South. Just like I don't know, yeah, I don't like that division very much, to be honest. Really? I just I, don't. the Titans and the Colts. I really like the Colts. I like just randomly. I just uh, never like that division. It's not like rational. There's not a rational reason. It's just like I don't really like that division, I, and I don't really like the NFC East. Um. Uh, really? That's like those are two divisions. I don't like the NFC East like a lot, but I don't. I've never like, liked even like when they were good. Like I, I never really liked. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, that, that, that's why like... you, you, I can get away with not liking the NFC East because it's, you know, potentially the two most toxic fan bases in football <laughs> yeah. reside there, and the Philadelphia Eagles, who are the interstate rivals with our Pittsburgh Steelers. So I can get away with that one, but there isn't a real reason I don't like the South. I've just you know never been, never been a big fan. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Like, I don't really care. I was like the, I think like every team has something cool about them. You know, uh, the Colts have a really cool stadium. I like the cool stadium and there. Every team has something cool about them besides the Texans. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, they had JJ Watt. I like JJ Watt. Like, no, I, they had nothing like, about. I mean, technically, they have Deshaun Watson, but well, now yeah, yeah he's not like, really gonna be a part of their team. Like he'll he'll set out games if he has to. So like he, he, I don't really consider him like something cool about the Texans because he's in my mind he's not really a Texan at this point. At this he's point, out of yeah, it. he's not. He's not, yeah, like you said, he's he's not going to be like playing this uh, yeah. this season in all likelihood. That's what that's what the the rumors are right now. But I'm 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 really excited to see what happens there. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I don't yeah, like, it's still a back and forth, honestly. Like I don't I know, like for all I know, like they just yeah, like for all we know they. Just don't trade him, and he sets. Like I'm, why they would do that, I don't know. But they seem pretty persistent in it, like trying to, trying to be a, you know, a, a, a team first organization in a league that's growingly uh, becoming more and more player pro player. As yeah. especially you like what the NBA is. The NBA is like strictly pro player at this point. Um, <laughs> like it's basically player over team in every instance of a star player. Um, but. Yeah, NFL wise, the the teams definitely have a little bit more uh, leverage, and it's trending in the other way. But I don't think in the NFL you're ever going to see it where like it's really pro player like it is in the NBA, just because of the audience of the NFL. Um, yeah. And just they're they're not going to have that. But you know, that that's just kind of my my random thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. It's cool. Um, but yeah, I was I definitely like the Jacksonville Stadium. I always thought it was so cool that they had the the uh like the poles and everything i just yeah that's cool um for sure jack i like jacksonville i that's probably my favorite team in the division not like this season but like just as a team in general jacksonville's probably my favorite i don't have a real reason um i'm just i like jacksonville it's a cool place Indianapolis has like a really cool old school vibe and that's kind of why i like the pacers like the pacers kind of give me the same like like old school organization kind of vibe and they have you know I like Indianapolis. Yeah. There, like me and you were. No, you. I'm not. We, me. Uh, what am I saying again? Me and you were not there together. Uh, but me and you were definitely there at different times. And I like Indianapolis. I think it's a cool city. But. Yeah, yeah. I've been in Indianapolis. Um, 
it's pretty it's interesting um it's definitely like more of a old timer place like you said like a historical place mm-hmm. in the historical industrial place i guess um it's interesting it's interesting like i don't have anything against the colts i don't i never really liked the titan i don't i, I don't have a read like it's not like i hate the titans or anything but it's like yeah, everybody's got certain teams that at certain points they're just like they don't really like that much. Yeah. When, when I first started watching football for my first couple years, um, I absolutely hated the New York Jets, um, and I I couldn't not for the life of me figure out why like, I just didn't like them. And then recent like a couple of years ago, back when they were the Redskins, I did not like the Washington. I did not like the Redskins at all. Hmm. And then after this season, though, I like I like Washington now. Whether you know, it's like they they got rebranded, and a part of it is subconscious. Like you know, maybe I don't like their colors or whatever. Like <laughs> that doesn't have everything to do with it, but like you know, subconsciously, it's like just like in my mind. So, you know, maybe I just am like subconsciously thinking this team is kind of and annoys me. But and then you know, obviously this season their play style changed, especially under Alex Smith. They were a good football team. Scary Terry blew up. Their defense blew up, and they were more mm. an actual fun team to watch. But now I I don't know if I will say the Titans are my least favorite team, but I d- I don't like the Titans very much. Yeah, I liked Washington back when they had RG three, but uh, yeah, I didn't yeah, watch until this year. I really didn't either. like even cared about them at all. Like I disliked them a little bit, but I like Alex Smith, and uh, they were pretty interesting to watch. Definitely like Chase Young has a cool like looks really cool. Like that's the yeah. thing. Chase Young has really cool looks in my opinion. He's one of the he just looks like straight out of Monster. a yeah straight out of like a, a football cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I started watching football, like the 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 Redskins at the time were was like Kirk Cousins and Pierre Garcon and uh, yeah. you know Deshaun Jackson and like all those guys. It was it, it was a really weird time. I don't I don't really know why I didn't like the Jets either. They was that when I first started watching. Those were the Ryan Fitzpatrick days of the Jets with like Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker and all them. Um, so I didn't really like because I don't even I I like Brandon Marshall. And I, everybody likes Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just didn't like. I just didn't like the Jets. I, I never understood why. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a team that I just like didn't really like that much. Like as you would say, uh... yeah, it might be like locate. I, I don't know what it is. Um, mm-hmm. There aren't any teams currently that I'm like. I hate this team. Like I don't like the Cowboys for the most part. Like, but it's Dallas. Like it, nobody likes the Cowboys. I don't know. It, I, like, whenever I was younger and I watched the NFL, I never watched a, like a game outside of the AFC North. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and then looking back at it, like I always like think of the old players, and I always think it's cool. So I don't really have any like team specific. Yeah, that I yeah. Really, or not, I, I don't like hate Dallas or anything, but it's just like the the vibe. Like, and I like like I love Dak Prescott a lot. He's one of my favorite. I like Amari Cooper well enough. Um, they, they've got a great offensive line. I you know I, I like Trayvon Diggs, but like I don't like the Cowboys. If that makes sense, I just don't. I just don't. Yeah. You know the, the fan base. What like just just knowing like. It's it's just I don't like the label of America's team, you know what I mean? I don't like that like they're just forever labeled America's team just because they had a dynasty at one point and, and like their dynasty was like in my opinion the fourth best dynasty of all time. Um, like we named them America's team off of like the fourth best dynasty of all time if you can even call it a dynasty, right? They were like you know what I mean? Because like really the I think the Niners dynasty was better. And we can all agree that the the Steelers dynasty of the 70s and the New England Patriots dynasty of the 2000s, 2010s mm-hmm. were better, objectively. Um, yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers were the team that kind of revolutionized football in terms of popularity. Um, the 49ers were the 
kind of team that made a transition from you know the defensive and NFL back in the day to the more offensive orientated NFL of today with you know Jim Montana and Jerry Rice. Um, and then New England is just, you know, it's New England. They have the greatest player in the NFL history, in my opinion. Um, and it's a very fun, a very fun team to watch objectively. Um, and just grinding it out with Bill Belichick. Um, but it's just, you know, a bit of, I won't call it a hatred for the Cowboys. Just a bit of a, of a maybe resentment. A disdain. Yeah. A disdain. I did. I, they leave a bit of a sour taste in my mouth at times. The only, the only team I thought about it, the only team I really looked back at, and at the, I remember at the time I didn't like them. And now I don't really care that much, especially now with Justin Herbert. I, like I just I like them like a good bit. But back when they had like Philip Rivers, and there was always a big discussion like which quarterback was better, Ben or Philip Rivers. I never liked that that they like that that was like really an argument because I think yeah. far and away I think Ben is better than Philip Rivers. Yeah, um, I agree. But obviously, there's some bias there, but yeah. I never just, liked Philip Rivers until this season. <laughs> I didn't like when I was younger. I didn't like him because I always seemed like he was like not like he's you know obviously there was like the whole thing he, he's not he like you know he doesn't trash talk like the rest of the nfl and stuff and at the time it's just like like you're just like trying to you're an intel- little attention seeker but like now i i like it's, it's a cool vibe I'm not yeah that's, that, that's, like that's cool, exactly cool, like, what it is for me funny vibe yeah but, like also it just comes down to like you know so i'm like I, I i kid and it's like you know the the running quarterbacks are cool like you know, quarterbacks with mobility are cool right like russell yeah. wilson's cool like Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, they're cool, and like Philip Rivers has zero mobility whatsoever. He's but so it's cool. like also my favorite football team does not have a mobile quarterback. So it's like, mm-hmm. and I still like him. But it's like, yeah, and I didn't like like the same thing with you. I always thought I always thought of Philip Rivers as a bit of like a whiner, because yeah. it seems like every game he's saying something to the refs or trash talking the opponents. But now that I'm older, I look at that and I like when I, I see him trash talk the opponents or whatever. It's just it's like kind of funny. Mm-hmm. He, he's a comical guy and you know now like seeing interviews and stuff with philip rivers and knowing a little bit more about the guy he's a pretty funny guy and i i like philip rivers a little bit more now yeah definitely as you grow up you 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 learn it's a little bit more of it it seems like a little bit more of a game as i got older and less a game yeah. within the game yeah yeah you know but it definitely like especially when i was younger it was a lot it's you know it was 2000 like the peak years of, of me watching football was like well, like 2017 through like now, I watch a lot of football. But like before that, like when I was, you know, it was a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to call it. It was a little bit casual. more like, yeah, it was a little bit more casual, yeah. And um, that's what like I thought it was really fun. It was really cool. I don't know where I was going with that. I don't even know know what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's basically what I was saying. It's like you know, it seems a little like I didn't know as much, and I didn't watch interviews, and it's like. You just see it. It's like it seems like it's like an ultimate alternate reality. That's what I kind of like. It's like the NFL is like otherworldly. Like it's just a bunch of stories and mm-hmm. a bunch of guys. And the NFL is like it's kind of like their life. And then you learn that the players outside of the their people outside yeah. of, outside yeah. of the the storylines that the commentators bring up. It's and that, it's, that's like my favorite part about going to like games or like seeing like not that I see athletes all the time like mm-hmm. out in public or anything, but like just seeing them at places. It's like ever like you'll go there and then just one moment like you'll come to a realization or just, it'll like click for you that like these are like real people yeah like, this guy's just like me or like same with like going to a concert or something like for one you look and you're like holy crap like i'm in the same room as this dude yeah. like i've like like going like seeing and while well, i had an opportunity at one point i, I i've probably mentioned it way too much hmm. but I, I was on the field at one point pregame to a steelers game and antonio brown like 
were like caught a pass and like bumped into me or something. And obviously me being me, like and just idolizing Antonio Brown, it's like just like it just kind of clicked. Like holy crap! Like I'm on the field, like right next to this guy that like I've idolized for years. It, it, it it's cool in that sense and like going to a concert. But then it's also cool to just like see like if you ever like just like are up close to like a professional athlete or a celebrity or whatever and just like see them and like you just like it clicks to you they're like this is a real dude and like he's just it's, he's not just like some face that like makes music or some face that like catches footballs it's like he's like an actual dude that's just like me it's weird it's weird it's strange that just like think that these are just casual people but it's true it's true the casual people that are just happen to be living a lot better of a life than I am, so <laughs> Rob, kudos to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's it's cool, it's cool. Um, I definitely want to try. I really want to get try and get to a some Steelers games once this is all over and done with. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was for my birthday. I always ask for tickets to a Steelers game, and just like just right, like just because you know, obviously they cost a lot of money, and then you yeah. know I, I'm young, so I can't just go with like by myself. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I got to go a few pick games with my friend, um, who got who got some tickets. I got to go to a few pick games and stuff. It was really fun. I got to see. It was so, it was so sad. It was, it was so annoying me so much because the I got to go to a prime time. It was a prime time pick game. Um, it was a relatively chilly night. It was like especially at the time because it was like fall right in the winter, so we were all pretty much still used to the to the warm. But it was like thirty. And it was supposed to be pretty windy, so it was pretty cold. But we weren't really used to it yet. So if I went on the thirty now, thirty degrees now, like, it wouldn't be that bad. But at the time, you know, it was a big deal. I got all bundled up and whatever, and I was so excited because I wanted to see my favorite pit player, Demar Hamlin. Um, Demar Hamlin, who's going to be entering the draft this year, by the way, projected to be around a third round pick. Um, I made a few edits for him and posted it. Um, at the time, it was the pit reporter. I have a second, um, like quote the reporter account it switched between the pit and the pacers like back in the day just uh just for fun it was just like a second account that i had just messed around with different uh different sports and whatever you know it was cool i made it a more handling edit and i posted it and he replied and he even commented on it. it was sick it was awesome and then i was so excited i was going to see him play and then he was like injured that game and so was maurice French. And over time. it was really fun but those were my two favorite players maurice french who's um on the chiefs practice squad at the moment and yeah, Demar Hamlin, who was like had like a calf strain. It was like the lamest, most lame injury ever. Like it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like it was a big deal. It almost was like he was just taking a rest game. But we won in overtime. It was an exciting game. Um, you know, it was a cool vibe. And the thing it was the same night as the Browns yep. <laughs> versus where you know Miles Garrett hit um, Mason Rudolph over the head. So <laughs> I didn't think there were going to be many people in the stands. And I remember even listening to Pat McAfee show the day before, and he was like, because that was back when he did college game day. And he was um, he was saying about how he was going to he was gonna be at the game. He was going to, but I was hoping to see him too. Um, obviously, I never saw him because he was up in like a, a stand or whatever. I never saw Pat McAfee. But he was saying that. He's like, I'm going to be there. And it's a cold night just coming off of this, like, no one's going to be ready for the cold. And it's a pit game whenever there's a Steeler game <laughs> in Cleveland. Like, who's going to be out of pit game whenever you can just stay at yeah. home and watch this? Obviously, this, this was a still packed stadium. It was back, you know, before anything like this. And we could all have – it was so, it was, so, it was a nice – it was a great experience. It was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, was a, that was a funny day for me, too, because, it, you know, we always text during the games, just, like, our thoughts on the games and how it's going. And you weren't able to watch the game. I was kind of sending you little updates throughout the game, and then it just like went off the rockers when Miles Garrett, you know, hit him with the helmet. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy crap. It's like every two seconds, like, oh, man, they're fighting. Mason Rudolph is fighting. Mason Rudolph just got hit in the head with the helmet. Marquise Pouncey is stomping on Miles Garrett's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that brings back some memories. That was a fun. That was fun. I, you know, at the time, I was I was pretty outraged. But <laughs> yeah, you can kind of like you know, especially now that they're over it and they they had their like discussion or whatever, and they both posted and they were like, yeah. over, you know, and like best of luck at Miles Garrett or whatever. I forget what the official post was, but like now that you look back at it, you can kind of just chuckle at it. Like someone's yeah. actually. Yeah. Someone actually got that upset. They took a helmet and and hit it over hit him over the head like yeah. that. But like at one point it was like you like you, you know it's my team right like at, at one point I was like this is a disgrace like kick this man out of football like this <laughs> is a you know this is a disgrace like I didn't actually believe it but like all like people of Pittsburgh were talking about how like he should be arrested or like yeah banned from the game of football permanently and I'm like okay that that might be a little bit of a stretch. I was like, this is a disgrace, like, suspend him. And they, they ended up doing it, which, you know, it was probably justified. But now, now you know, now looking back on it, it was it, it was a little bit humorous. Um, yeah, yeah, I look back on it like, and smile. It's an awful thing to do. But, that, you know, it's really moving on. And obviously, like, like, that was nobody, nobody saw that coming. <laughs> yeah. And that's what everyone, everyone said, you know, as a teammate. Like a teammate of Miles Garrett, everyone thought he was a mild-mannered guy. He's a nice guy, and he's not he, no, not violent at all. I mean, just like out of the blue, he just got really upset. Yeah, um, yeah that was the funny. It's just funny because like it's like if if, if like Indomitian Sue did that, like it wouldn't be funny. Yeah, it would be like holy crap! Like Indomitian Sue's a maniac. But like Miles Garrett, it's just like you know a casual dude. Like they're just in an argument, and then all of a sudden he just like beat some dude over the head with his own helmet like it just came out like it's way out of left field stuff. and it like escalated in like two seconds mm-hmm. it was so it was really weird but i know it was so it was so weird because um yeah you were you were we mean you were just were casually uh not chatting back and forth about the game and it was like it was like 45 seconds like yeah you like just didn't say anything and like just like everyone like that was like what like i could tell a bunch of people were like watching or like reading play by plays on their phones, and they were like super confused because there was just like this really long in between, like the next plays. And I was like, "What's going on?" Like, it's like delaying the game. The Seals are about to lose. Like, mm-hmm. what could possibly be going on. And then yeah, and then I see see the text from you that was saying that, and then I check Instagram and I saw a clip of it. And of course, you know, we all know we all know what's going on there. But it's it's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun to reminisce. But that, I, that's a memory I always because it was awesome because we were all we were walking out the out of the stadium. And it's all these like all these people, and they're all just screaming "Hell the pit!" It was a great time. Uh, yeah, not not something uh, that sadly enough will not be happening for a little while. True, true. I can't wait till this all subsides and I'm able to go to some whatever, anything, anything, any event with mm-hmm. people. You know, what I mean? even school at this point, like going to school four days a week, it's like seems like crazy. You know, it's like exciting. It's so weird to me. It's like exciting, like in itself, not like the school aspect, but the aspect of like I'm actually like in a building with like a couple hundred people in it, mm-hmm. and yeah. like just being there. It's like it, it's like it's just weird to me. But yeah, well, definitely when this all subsides, I'm very excited to get back to any sort of event, whether that be live sports or concerts or you know, just any sort of anything that's going on. I'm just I'm, I'm excited for it. Show. I'm excited for it, but um, I guess that's what we got. After um, a little bit of reminiscing there, out the yeah, out that, that's always the, the good, uh, good, good part of the episodes. There, reminiscing at the end over 
over the good old days or talking about whatever. But that's our Monday episode, I guess, or our Tuesday episode. I'm sorry for you. Um, yeah, it is Tuesday. We got our. We got our our prediction, or not predictions, I'm sorry, our analysis of the season for the AFC West teams. We'll be back with you later in the week with some sort of interesting video idea. Um, If you you got any ideas for it, definitely hit us up, as we say at the end of any episode, every episode. If you got anything you want to see, um, definitely let us know. We will be sure to try to include it in an episode. Hit us up with the voicemail feature or whatever, the voice chat feature or whatever. We'll try to put you on the show. If you hit us up with one of those, answer your questions or do whatever it may be. Um, we'll try to answer that on the show if you have anything there for us. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's been. You got any any parting words here for for the audience before we we get off here for the night? All right. Well, not not really. I was just just saying. Um, obviously, if you don't want to, it, this is a big this is a big thing. I'm not I'm not stressed about video ideas or whatever. This is a big fifty fifty thing. But I'm not. You know, I don't care <laughs> if you if you don't want to do it. I would really like to redraft the 2017 draft, but obviously, if we think of something more cool, then I know that's a lot of work, and we've got a lot of stuff going on. So if you don't want to do that, I don't care. But if if we can't think of anything else, I really want to redraft the. 2017. Could be cool. Could be cool. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit through through some some Snapchats or whatever. I, I don't really care. Um, just 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 to throw that out there, I guess. Yeah. With that, sure. we might as well bid you all adieu. Bid you adieu. With the Saints and Joe Show, goodbye message. The the sacred outro. um, From us here at the Colton and Joe Show, you know how we do it. We are. Peace and.